the game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12 for 31 on the power play this season. And what a play by Nugent Hopkins. The steal on Carlson walks in, shoots and scores. Short-handed goal, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And Edmonton extends to a 2-0 lead. What a heady play by Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The special teams, very special tonight. A short-handed goal, a power play goal. Nugent Hopkins, excellent game from him, a goal and an assist, and the Edmonton Oilers end their homestand with a 4-1 win over the Washington Capitals. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 10 o'clock, live from Studio 99 inside Rogers Place, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Evan Bouchard gets his first career goal. Alex Chason scores again. What a day for him. Gets his Stanley Cup ring from the Capitals in the morning of course he played from them played for them last year and then tonight scores for the third time in the last two games well Rob I think we got to start with the special teams because that was a big storyline coming into this one you got the Capitals power play number one in the NHL you got the Oilers power play number five in the NHL and the Oilers talked a lot about staying out of the penalty box which they did they were only shorthanded once and when they were shorthanded, they scored. Yeah, it was a smart game plan by the Oilers. They knew how powerful and dangerous the Capitals can be on the power play, so stay out of the box. And what we've seen in the last few games, Oilers taking silly penalties, penalties way away from the play that had no impact on a, a goal-scoring chance. They cut that completely out tonight. And then the one, uh, one time where they had to kill a penalty off, uh, a smart play by Ryan Nugent Hopkins, finding the guy who's most vulnerable with the puck on his stick, and that was Carlson, chasing him down and then turning it into a pretty goal. So uh, most nights, if not all, the team that wins the specialty team battles and has the better goaltender wins. And tonight, the Oilers were the better team on the specialty teams, and Talbot outplayed Holpe. Talbot was sensational tonight. Shots were 32 apiece, so Talbot makes 31 saves. So Holpe played well as well. He makes 28 stops, and I, I think throughout the game, the Oilers did have the better scoring opportunities, and, and Holtby, I thought, held the Capitals in for, for as long as he could, but eventually the Oilers broke through. Well, he did, and I'm sure that Connor McDavid was pretty excited he didn't have Holtby in front of him on that empty net goal. I think, was it three, three, to one three breakaways? Period. Yes, yep. he had on, on Holtby, and big saves. I mean, they were, I mean, Connor McDavid, a couple of them were, like, his A move, and, and Holtby was able to get a piece of it. Uh, he did the best he could, although... A couple shots from a little further out range. I know that Chase Sons looks like it tipped off the defenseman's stick. Nugent Hopkins was a little further out when he shot. But uh, it was a well-played hockey game. I thought both teams played well. I think that uh, you need depth players to come through. And tonight, I mean, Connor McDavid was held scoreless until he scored to an empty net goal. Other players picked up the slack in a second power play unit. Scores uh, scores a goal for them. Uh, you know, Chaison, uh, a guy that was out of the lineup to start the season, scores a goal for them. So that's what the Oilers need if they want to be successful. And we saw that tonight. I used to think that a face-off violation penalty was a rare play. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently it happens every game. 
<laughs> uh, well, two, two games in a row now. I mean, the, the one against Pittsburgh was, was I, I don't understand what the linesman, I thought the linesman messed that one up. I thought Dreisaitl was the one that came in early on that one and uh, in a, an incredible game that was going on. You didn't want a linesman to decide the fate. But then tonight, a couple weird penalties. First, the face-off violation and that one again. Uh, a strange one. I, 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 we've gone seasons, I think, without seeing one. And then the delay of game on the, the bench for not putting their players out quick enough or putting too many players out. Again, you, you don't like seeing linesmen or referees uh, have a huge impact on a hockey game with calls like that. But uh, the Oilers uh, played smart. Uh, they played well and uh, are going to feel pretty good about themselves going into this weekend. i got to hand it to Brendan Escott, who right now is uh, getting tape in the Oilers' dressing room for pointing out that delay of game at 11.26 of the third on the Capitol. So they were called for an icing. And then if you were like me, Rob, you're waiting for the faceoff, and then all of a sudden I, I hear the, the ref announcing a penalty. And Brendan was watching that. He said they were warned earlier after an icing for try, kind of trying to muddle the players and slow it down. And, oh, there's eight guys on the ice. Oh, what happened? And the, and the linesmen are trying to pick which five are supposed to be on the ice. So they burned him for that. He, he said he saw a warning earlier in the game. Well, I would imagine, and I didn't see it, and good on him for catching that. Uh, it would have to be a warning. I can't believe a referee would do it without warning and late in a hockey game in a, in a close match uh, make a call like that. Todd Reardon was not happy on the bench with the call, and rightfully so. But uh, it was a, a, a veteran-type game by the Oilers, a, a professional-type game by the Oilers, and players that they needed to step up uh, like an Alex Chazon stepped up tonight and proved that it was uh, the right coaching move putting him where he was tonight in the lineup on the second line. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Alex Chason has played three games. He has three shots on goal. He has three goals. Maybe he should shoot more. <laughs> you, know, you know what I liked about his game tonight, too, and I was talking with, with Bob right after the game. Uh, veteran savvy, smart plays. Uh, the, the Bouchard goal, he's in front of the goaltender's eyes. So... I uh, hope he can't see the shot coming in from Bouchard. So nice play there. Rims around the board. Uh, he was never in any panic. He, he, he chipped the pucks past the guy that's defending him and allows his centerman to skate in it. Later in the third period, he had a puck in his own zone. And, and in no panic, no throwing away blindly. Holds it till he can make the right play. And gets a rim and they get the puck out. And then the best play that I thought he made tonight was when Leon Dreisaitl gets kicked out of a faceoff. Two minutes to go in the game in the offensive zone. Chase on goes in to take the draw. There's already been one face-off infraction called. You don't want to take a penalty at that point. He put his stick down, didn't even try on the draw. He said, you know what? You guys can have the puck behind your own goal line, and we'll get into good defensive posturing. Just a smart veteran player, not putting himself in a position where he could get a penalty late in the game that could affect the team. So the Oilers win at 4-1. They are 4-3-1 and on the season, so nine points in eight games. I mean, look, obviously that's that's not a playoff pace if you multiply that by 10, um, but given the, the schedule and some of the travel, I, I think 500 or better would have felt pretty good for a lot of people who uh, observe the team and are passionate about the team, so you get out of it, and you certainly played better the, the last six games than you did the first two when you when you lost to New Jersey and Boston. Well, I agree, and uh, there's no one really running away. There's a lot of teams that many people thought were going to be playoff teams, uh, like the Dallas Stars, who are right around that 500 mark. Um, the LA Kings are a team that 
you know, or perennial playoff teams, they're below 500. I think they dropped their sixth or seventh in a row tonight. So there's not a lot of teams running away with it. And I, I, we mentioned it uh, the last couple of games. If you're going to play this tough schedule against the top teams in the league, I'd prefer to do it at the beginning of the season because they're not in midseason form yet. The Washington Capitals we saw tonight were not the Washington Capitals we saw at the end of the season last year. So take advantage of the fact that it's early in the season and, and try and squeak out some points because as the season goes on, your schedule is going to get a little softer if there's anything soft in the National Hockey League, and then you can start piling up the points that you need to make the playoffs. It's interesting because going into the season, when you looked at this road weekend coming up, you thought, okay, Nashville's very difficult, and then Chicago coming off a bad year, not picked to do much. Okay, Nashville's 8-2. and two. Don't forget, Chicago's 6-2-2. Two and two. I mean, they're doing, they're doing much better than expected, so that's far from a freebie going into Chicago on Sunday. Oilers win 4-1 tonight. We're going to get to your phone calls right away. 780-496-0063. But first, down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And the homestand, 2-1-1 one one against four really good teams. And you guys played pretty solid. Got to be happy overall just with tonight's game, kind of an uh, exclamation point on the effort in this homestand. Yeah, uh, obviously something that you, we want to establish early is uh, being good at home, being a tough team to play against at home. I think I think uh, Washington felt that tonight. I mean, we didn't give them anything easy, and um, that's that's the key to us winning. I mean, we do have we have enough firepower to score, but we got to uh, keep everything tight checking, and uh, that's what we did tonight. So it was, uh, it was a big one for us. There's a lot of talk about the special teams coming in, and you guys get a power play goal from your second unit, which is big because they haven't had one all year, and then a, a shorthanded goal for yourself a real huge turning point in the game um yeah well they, they have such a good power play i mean obviously you're just trying to defend as well as you can and um just in that play i just kind of had the chance to to go for it a little bit so um when you when you do i mean a lot of times you can get some offense off uh, off pk because uh the power play guys are more out there for scoring and uh, they're not really out there to defend so it's uh it was a good opportunity for me to go for it there and i was happy winning what's it do for like the belief system when a team like that comes in and you beat them and you you know you outplayed them you guys played a very good hockey game it's got to be a shot in the arm I would think yeah well it's uh, it's one of those games where I mean during the season you go through some tough stretches I mean no matter what you no matter how good you are you're gonna go through some tough stretches and uh, when eventually uh, when that time comes we can look back at a game like this and be like well we competed against the Santa Cup champs and uh, um, played a great game against them so we can take confidence uh, throughout the whole year from it I mean right now it's just a nice momentum builder and uh, um, playing another uh, really good team uh, coming up here on uh, Saturday and so it's gonna be a good test again but uh, yeah it should give us some confidence a little bit of momentum boost that is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a goal and an assist tonight. He has 11 points in eight games to start the season as the Oilers knock off the Washington Capitals 4-1. Oilers 4-3-1, Capitals now 4-3-2 to start the season. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, we are live in Studio 99. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. We'll bring Dean onto the show. Hey, Dean, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys, how's it going? Doing well. So a couple things. A uh, huge positive so far this season. Uh, I really, I really think that we're doing better than I anticipated personally. I didn't think we'd go three, three and one, uh, or four. I guess four, three and one now. Again, what a tough schedule we have. Uh, a couple other positives at the game today. Honestly, their power play 
was not a factor. They didn't do a lot. They had a couple good scoring chances in the second, but most of their uh, scoring chances came from the outside. We had a lot of good block shots, and it was looking pretty good on that front. One thing that's amazing is Chase on looking like one of those players that you need to get you into the playoffs, and I really appreciate that from him. He's kind of having a bounce back year, even though he played for Washington. He had a good season last year, but even our assistant coach from Calgary kind of said, like, this is what he kind of – <laughs> kind of player you're going to get with Chase on, and that's that's awesome to see that he kind of could call that and we could sign him. That's a huge pickup for us. Another huge thing that's kind of scary, Louis RV, healthy scratch. What do you guys think about that? Well, All right, think, thanks, Dean. I think it was the right call. Pulley RV, uh, you got to earn your ice time. It's his third year in the National Hockey League, and he, he, he's not scratched because he's not producing offensively. He's scratched because of the little things he's not doing defensively. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto, he's not tearing up the the, the, the goal-scoring lead in, in the team, but he, he's making the right plays defensively. He's in the right spot in, in his own zone. He keeps plays alive. In the neutral zone, when he doesn't have a play, pushes it forward. And, and he's earned the trust of the coach. Alex Chaisal, the other night, he scored his two goals, but it was the things he was doing without the puck that the coaching staff liked, and that's why he moved up to the, the second line for tonight. And then tonight, he continued to do those little things. And I think that as a young player, sometimes you feel that for, for ice time, you have to produce, and you get away from what you need to do defensively. You get away from uh, the proper way to play. You start cheating, and when you start cheating, you're not scoring, and now the coach sees you cheating in different places. So it was a wake-up call for him, and I think the way the team played tonight, he may not see the lineup again next game. He will get back in, and he's going to have to make a decision uh, how he wants to play, how he wants to be perceived as a player, because you have to have the trust of a coach if you want to get ice time, and you can't score goals if you don't get ice time. Would you send him to the AHL? I mean, I'd strongly consider it. Oh, I consider it. Well, he's not going to be able to jump back in and play a lot. I think you're going to look at what this team does the next few games. If the team plays well and, and is winning, or the, the players that are playing ahead of him continue to play, then you can't have him sitting out for a long period of time. And I know that a lot of players, and I've been in that position where uh, getting demoted to the the AHL is it's it, you're like, oh my God, my my life is over. But a lot of players that go down there, they find their game, they find their confidence, and when they come back up. They're, when they're inserted into the lineup, they've got that newfound confidence and they become the player that they're supposed to be. So I don't know if I would do it yet, but I certainly think that would be on the table as the season goes on. All right, the Oilers win it 4-1, We'll bring Ben on the open line. Hey, Ben, thanks a lot for calling. Uh, thanks for, having, thanks for having, having me on, boys. Uh, just wanted to comment on the play of Cam Talbot, who I thought uh, had a really strong bounce-back game after... Uh, kind of a weaker game against the Pens uh, the other night. Uh, but also, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on the play of Milan Lucic this season. I personally have been impressed uh, with him embracing his role on the third line, and I feel like the puck hasn't been dying on his stick uh, as much this season as of, uh, compared to last year. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to hear your thoughts, guys. Well, I, I think the energy and the physicality has been huge for Milan this year. Uh, Milan Lucic is intimidating. And I think when you see him as he was in the last couple of games, when he was throwing his body around, when he's going in on the forecheck, all of a sudden the defenders were a little more tentative. And they were a little shyer when they were going to pick up the puck. Uh, they took different routes to get to the puck, which allowed the Oilers uh, forecheck to get in and, and get on the puck and get a, a much better forecheck going because they weren't as assertive as they normally are. I mean, that's what he can do to a hockey team. I, I think he is a little snake-bitten right now. 
Um, I think that he's probably right now better suited playing on the third line. I know that he probably would prefer to be higher up in the lineup because he's not going to get the offensive chances with Strom as he would with Dreisaitl as he would with McDavid. But the way the game is going right now, or the way the season's going, the players that are playing ahead of him in the lineup have given them more offensively than Milan has. He's had three good scoring opportunities the last two games. So, I mean, maybe you hope that balances out a little bit. It's going in for Chase on. Maybe they start going in for Lucic. Uh, he was set up right in front tonight in, uh, in the second period. Couldn't finish it. Uh, Kajula got him the pass in front. That was early in the second. By the way, was that, was that a penalty on Lucic? Or was that just he was a, a bigger guy and pushed him down? Well, he, he's a bigger guy. I mean, Lucic used probably one-tenth of his strength there. Um, <laughs> I mean, in, uh, he's a big, strong man. But that one, when you watch the replay, it's almost as though he's pushing him without the thought of even pushing him. He's just kind of like, okay, you're my way. I'm just going to slide over this way a little bit. So, yeah, no, I don't think that should have been a penalty on that call. There was another call. Uh, who was it on our when Smith Pelly absolutely smushed Clefbaum into the boards. Oh, that was, that, yeah, that, that was, was a behind, penalty. Yeah. To me, that was a boarding penalty and uh, 10 times worse, 50 times worse than what Milan did. Sometimes, though, uh, reputation precedes you, and I think that was a reputation call on Milan Lucic. Oilers win at 4-1 over the Capitals. Whenever the Oilers hit five or more goals in a game, you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown Southside and Northside. 780-496-0063 is our number. You can text 630-630. Quick look here at the out-of-town scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your new or used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. The Penguins win in Calgary 9-1. So the Penguins... Wow, people are clapping here in Studio 99. That's amazing. That's 15 goals that the Penguins scored in, in, Alberta, in Alberta this week. Yeah. Uh, well, and I don't know maybe if anyone, they should move to Red Deer. Yeah, I don't know if anyone saw the goal though. The Calgary Flames scored one goal on Murray tonight. He had a shutout except for the one goal, and it may be the worst goal I have ever seen in my entire life. Like I, Neil almost was embarrassed to score the goal. The shot was that well, bad. Well, plus you're scoring a goal with two minutes left in a game you're already losing. They were only losing eight nothing. Actually, that point. yeah, Pittsburgh got one yes, more the after comeback that. was still Matt alive. Matt Cullen was like, "Enough, we're winning by eight. We got <laughs> well, to add one on here." The over under. He had a little bit of money on it in Vegas. The Blackhawks, I mentioned, they're doing well. 4-1 win over the Rangers. Stars shoot down the Ducks 5-2. Uh, about eight minutes left in Arizona. Coyotes up 3-1 on the Canucks. Bruins shut out the Flyers 3-0. Sabres beat the Canadians 4-3. In overtime, Preds knock off the Devils 4-3. Blue Jackets outscore the Blues 7-4. Minnesota wins at home 4-1 over the Kings. Kings just 2-7-1 to uh, start the season and Thursday night football. Houston 42, Miami 23 is your final. 780-496-0063. We have Brad standing by. Hey, Brad, thank you for calling. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, you were, guys were touching on Lucic. I find Lucic actually, he might be like Dustin Penner where he, he tries better with a 13, 14 minutes a game versus, you know, 16, 18, trying to keep up with Connor McDavid. What do you guys think on that one? Well, first of all, he's never going to keep up with Connor McDavid, well, even with a jetpack no, I mean, on his I mean, back. I mean, I mean, no, I, 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 I understand. In, in ice time, you're right. Um, uh, bigger players sometimes less less ice time is better. Um, I mean, Milan Lucic, a lot of his ice time is going to be 
specialty teams on the power play, which he doesn't have. There's not a lot of movement for him. He's the guy that's down low, so he doesn't have to bring the, the lug the puck up. Uh, I think he's he's looked good with Strom. Now I know that Milan would, and I'm guessing, I'm not don't want to speak for him, but he probably would prefer to play with Drysdale and McDavid because you're in a much better place at the, on those lines to score goals. Well, but he's look, you're right because he said he signed here because of McDavid. Well, absolutely. Well, so <laughs> I think anybody would. All right, you, Connor, I can play with Connor. Okay, I'll come here. Um, but Strom has played a very good defensive game, and he's, he creates things. They get the puck in deep for Milan, and, and Milan can get in on the forecheck. When you're playing with a, a McDavid or a Dreisaitl, there's a lot more stuff off the rush. You're not really dumping it in and hoping Connor goes in the corner and pulls the puck out. So I think it suits him more playing with a Strom right now. And maybe if, if his touch comes back, maybe if he gets a little puck luck back, he might move up in the lineup. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. Strom, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, had that one deflected one go wide. He had the open net that Backstrom pulled out of the crease. But then that other shot in the second period, man, he had that open lane. And he just, uh, maybe the, you never know, sometimes the puck's rolling. That's why they don't shoot it right away. But just had a little too long, and then it got blocked. You know, it, it, and, and it weighs on players like that. Strom knows he's a third-line center here with who he has playing ahead of him, but he's also a guy that's got offensive punch to his game. And and I've been there at the beginning of the season when the puck's not going and you keep looking at the stop pages and you got zeros beside your name, it, it weighs on you. And then you feel that every chance you get is bouncing the wrong way. And he thinks, all right, there's a wide open net. Here's my first goal of the season, and it gets cleared out. Where other guys, the, the puck will bounce off their, their foot when they're not even looking and go in the net. So uh, I don't think Strom's played poorly, but I, I'm sure that he would love to have a little more offense on his name, beside his name, in the stat sheets. So the Oilers win it 4-1 over Washington. More of your phone calls coming up. More post-game reaction from the Oilers' room. But let's go down to the visitors' dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees, Here's the Caps head coach, Todd Pearson. Todd, it seemed like the first period was what you wanted it to be, more or less, just not getting the result. And then after that, the turnovers might have gotten the better of you tonight. Yeah, I really felt like, um, you know, against a dangerous transition team, we re we really fueled their offense with the way we handled the puck. So our, uh, our puck management was poor, and a lot of turnovers got us into trouble and um, kind of tilted the ice in their favor uh, for, for really no reason. What explanations did you get for the delay of game at the end on the icing call? It seemed like a yeah. strange call. Yeah, I didn't uh, actually get an explanation. Um, so I'm not going to get into I'm not going to comment on it, but um, I was... Uh, there's supposed to be a communication between the official and the, and the coach, and there wasn't any. So that uh, I have no real comment because I wasn't talked to. The PK has struggled, you know, this season. What yeah. is their goal in tonight? Just what do you need from them? What do you what do you see from them? Yeah, I thought we were able to, you know, create some, you know, some momentum and make it difficult on a team that's they, they have a good power play and some dangerous players, and you know they get they get one at the end of the, the power play uh, opportunity early in the game, and then I thought the rest of the way we were actually did a pretty decent job of disrupting and um, you know taking away some time and, and space from them, and then really getting up ice and even getting some offense the other way. So again, it's. Um, you know, we're, we're coming up on game 10 here, and it's, it's definitely a work in progress in, in that department. So, um, you know, we'll, we, we can be better for sure in that regard. 
That is Todd Reardon, the head coach of the Washington Capitals, assistant coach last year as they won the Cup, so he takes over from Barry Trotz. The Oilers win it 4-1. You'll hear from head coach Todd McClellan. We'll talk a little bit about Evan Bouchard, who gets his first goal tonight. We'll catch up on the text line at 630-630, and if you're on hold at 780-496-0063, stay there. We're getting to you. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction, Canadian Brewhouse, overtime open line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 Kuznetsov back on the ice through center. Beats one man. Centers Provechkin and a stop made by Cam Talbot. Rebound smacked around and drops at Talbot's feet. He'll cover. Solid game by Camp Talbot. He makes 31 saves. That was his save of the game for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLubeService.ca. The final tonight, Oilers 4, Washington Capitals 1. Bouchard, Nugent Hopkins, Burakovsky getting one back for the Caps, then Chason and McDavid into an empty net. I, I would think if Nugent Hopkins had lost that puck or not got it to McDavid, he would have been awarded a goal because he was being hooked from behind with an empty net by a couple of capitals, but they let Edmonton finish the play, and McDavid scores. It's it's funny, I've seen a lot of tweets, a lot of the the, the uh, video captures on, on Twitter tonight. Apparently, Evan Bouchard just doesn't get excited. First <laughs> NHL goal. Yeah, well, whatever. It's good. I, Feels good. Well, you know what? He, he acts like he's been there before. Did he ever? Jeez. <laughs> and, and you know what? And good on him. Uh, good on him having the confidence to continue to throw the pucks on net. Uh, He's got a good shot. He's got a smart shot. He moves himself into a position where he's got a shooting lane, and he doesn't take the big wind-up. And whenever you take a big wind-up, it allows the defending players a little extra time to get into that shooting lane to block it. He doesn't give them that time. So uh, a well-placed shot, uh, a great screen in front, and congratulations on his first National Hockey League goal. You can text 630-630. Prav says Marodi is looking poised on the fourth line. Smart, heady player. Conceiving moving to the third line of Strom Lucic not producing. And uh, crazy Oilers fan says that's how Talbot needs to play. Full 60 minutes, beat the defending champions. Game against the Penguins was tough. However, still got a point. Calgary was blown out tonight by the same team. If the Oilers keep playing like this, they'll be contenders this season. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, I think we got to... <laughs> I'm good. This is going to be my phrase for the year. Okay, one okay. that'll annoy you in a couple of weeks, Rob Brown, if it doesn't. <laughs> There's doesn't nothing already. you do that annoys me. They, they got to be, when it comes to maybe beginning of March, middle of March, they got to be in position to be in position. You know, you got to be at a point where you're you're right there, you know, in, in position to, to nail down a playoff spot if you play well over the final month or so of the season. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a long way from, from calling them Stanley Cup contenders. Playoff spot contenders, so, I mean, uh, absolutely. And, and tonight was encouraging because, obviously, they won, but because of how they played. Well, yeah, I, for me, the Oilers' uh, season is, I mean, there's a lot of players that have to, to produce, but it's on the back of Talbot. When Talbot plays the way he's capable of playing, this team is capable of winning each night. They've got the best player in the league who uh, we've seen over the last few years is quite consistent on his production. So they're going to be in every game because of Cam Talbot. If, or, or Sorry, because of Connor McDavid. If Cam Talbot plays up to his ability, what we saw two years ago, he gives them a fighting chance. So I believe in March the Oilers are going to be playing meaningful games. And it's, I mean, a lot of things have to go right for them. They have to stay healthy. Um, they, they need production out of... Uh, players that haven't produced as of yet this season, 
But I do believe March and April, the Oilers are going to be playing meaningful games and are going to have a shot at being a playoff hockey club. Jeremy from Glendon, who we got to meet here in Studio 99, says good game from Talbot. Do you think he gets on a roll here? Do we see Koskinen anytime soon, or is Talbot our 60-game man again? Well, I think, don't forget, it was 73 games yeah. a couple of years ago. I think the Oilers want 60 games yeah. is what they want out of him. I think... Uh, He'll Koskinen should play on the weekend. I would think so. And then, then you got to make a decision. I mean, do you put him in against the better team, Nashville? Or do you play Talbot in the stronger of the two teams and then save Koskinen for the Chicago Blackhawks? I think what they'll do, and I haven't looked it up yet, but I'm sure Talbot has uh, certain records against Chicago and certain records against Nashville. And we'll see whatever team he's more comfortable and has played better against. If that's the case, it's probably Chicago since the Oilers haven't beaten Nashville in about a uh, decade 13, or two. 13 in a row now. So, yeah. uh, but one of the two games Koskinen will play this weekend, I believe. All right, let's uh, quickly go downstairs. Oilers head coach Todd McClellan for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Todd, uh, is that uh, a bit of a template game for your team? Is that the kind of game that in f- January and February you may refer back to? Well, today's the 25th. We'll need that on the 27th. Um, never mind January and February. But it was a uh, it was a good night. Um, we didn't want to take penalties. We didn't. What well, we took one. Uh, we did a good job on the penalty kill. We scored a goal. Power play wasn't pretty, but we got one. Uh, we were able to play four lines more rather than run Connor into the ground. Um, so there's a lot of really good things. Our goaltender had a bounce back game and made some really good saves. We got some um, some real good efforts out of uh, players that are starting to come on now. They look like they're a little more confident. I think Toby and and uh, some of those types of players. I thought Clef had a tremendous night. So there was a real uh, boatload of positive things tonight for our team. Todd, the Strom line had numerous really good chances and just seems like Strom and Lucic right now you know, couldn't score even if they had an open net. It's just kind of bad luck for that to, for that line. Or is Where do you find the balance of great getting chances, but at some point you got to bury one? Well, the chances have to come before the burying, and they're doing a really good job of that um, against a good team tonight. There was a couple pucks that were laying on the line, a little tip in a deflection that didn't go their way um, I would be a lot more concerned about them if they weren't getting the opportunities but uh, thought Drake came in and, and provided a, a spark on that line as well a little pace and uh, they were dangerous a lot of the nights they made some uh, some good defensive plays as well uh, Stromer early in the game won some big face-offs in our zone so that was important as well this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 10. Waiting is the Yamamoto between the hashes. Reader fires, and that might have hit Chase on and bounced right back to Toby Reader. Five seconds on the power play. Yamamoto tried to take it to the inside. Popped out. Bouchard scores! First NHL goal! Evan Bouchard! A power play tally that gives Edmonton a 1-0 lead! Oilers go on to beat the Capitals 4-1 at Rogers Place. Sportsnet stats putting out Evan Bouchard is now the youngest defenseman in Oilers history to score a goal at 19 years and five days. The previous youngest, Chris Joseph. Really? 19 years, 39 days. Coffee was 19 years, 143 days. I did days. not know that. I saw Joey yesterday. I was on the ice with him. And wow. It's pretty pretty heady names right there, being up there with Paul Coffey. Kevin right. Lowe was quite young too, wasn't he? All right, so here's the question, Bouchard. Okay. Seven games. Uh-huh. 
is he going to stick around past nine? <laughs> and they use the first year of the entry-level contract. Well, if you <laughs> go by how he's playing, it's pretty easy to keep him. Um, uh, at best, he's five on your depth chart. Well, offensively, he's two. <laughs> he's, he's really good. He's good. Um, I, honestly, I don't know. I, at one point, I would have said he was going back for sure. I didn't think it was going to be any question. Um, I don't know if they've gotten enough out of Garrison and or Gravel to think that they can afford to send him down, and those are your, your depth players now. It, it, it's a tough decision. It, it really is. I think it's much tougher than the one we had last year at the Yamamoto. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Gravel played 10:48 tonight. He, uh, well, he gets the minus one. He was on for the goal. And Bouchard, I mean, Bouchard played 11 minutes, so he's not playing a lot. I mean, they're leaning a lot on, on, the, the, top on the top four defensemen. Clefbaum, 26 minutes tonight. Larson, 24 and a half. So you'd like to get, you know, you'd be great if your third pairing could get up to even 14 or 15 as opposed to 10, 11. And they're eventually going to have to. When yeah. you start playing back-to-back -back games, yeah. when you start playing three games in four nights, uh, you're not going to be able to rely on your top players. But right now, this is just the trust that the coaching staff has. The way the schedule's gone, they've been able to overplay some players. I think they're pretty excited that they were able to dial back the minutes of Nugent Hopkins and, and, and McDavid tonight. Um, going forward that uh, they can't overtax those guys because eventually when this when you start traveling a lot when you go on road trips and you're playing three and four or, or four and seven nights it, it wears on you and as you get into the mid-season now your body is a little worn down and a little broken down uh, you don't want to force big minutes on players and put them into uh, injury troubles so uh, they need other players to be able to step up and earn the trust of the coaching staff and I think up front tonight they found a few players that they've they've liked and I think on the back end uh, they're going to have to find a fifth and sixth defenseman that they feel can play 14 minutes a night. Oilers win at 4-1 Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a shorthanded goal the Oilers kill off the only Capitals power play they had to face they had to face and they go one for four uh, on their own power play. 7804960063. We have Clint standing by. Hey, Clint, thank you very much for calling. Yeah, no problem, buddy. I just wanted to call first of all and say thank you guys for a heck of a broadcast. You guys are incredible. Uh, thank second you. Second of all, quick question for you. I know in the past uh, I was listening to, anyway, Taylor Fadoon. Can you tell me what happened to that guy? I remember he broke his femur for the Oilers in preseason, and I never, ever heard of what happened to him. Taylor Fadoon, uh, he went to San Jose. I'm just going to double-check where he is now. I know he went to Vancouver, and I think San Jose, and then maybe Buffalo. He is, yeah, he's with the Rochester Americans in the AHL. Oh, okay. He's played five games this season. And how's he, how's he doing? That kid uh, is... I thought he was a promising uh, prospect for the Oilers. Yeah, all, all I see is his stats. Uh, he, does, he doesn't have a point in five games for, for Rochester, so I'm not sure how he's actually playing. Sorry I don't have more there, Clint. Appreciate it. Uh, I remember when he got his first NHL goal, though. Do you? That was a good moment. Yep. Uh, you got a good memory. I don't. I'm sorry. I, don't, I, I, don't be so hard on yourself, Rob Brown. <laughs> we have Phil standing by, who's also our Finish the Play contestant. Phil, thanks a lot for calling. What's on your mind, first of all? Um, well, I I wanted to comment about Nuge. i got to be honest. 
Uh, he's uh, uh, one of those types of players, really, really unselfish. Really, uh, he produces things. He's super, super smart. The, the kind of game knowledge, the kind of puck knowledge that uh, 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 plays don't die on. Uh, and yeah, tonight he was outstanding. I was beyond. He, he's literally hands down my favorite NHL player right now. Well, yeah. I totally agree with your assessment of his game. Yeah, he's so. a very smart hockey player, and I think he, he's getting the opportunity. And he, at the end of last year and now this year, playing with Connor McDavid, he's going to get uh, many scoring opportunities and many opportunities up front to to create offense. And when you get those, you got to take full advantage of it, and he's doing that. So uh, he's he's a smart hockey player. When you play with superstars, and Connor McDavid is a superstar, you've got to be able to think the game along the same lines. Ryan Nugent Hopkins capable of doing that. Phil, we're going to finish the play. If you get this one, we're going to put your name in the grand prize draw for one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. What do we have, Kellen? Gabs able to loft it back to center. Carried back in by Strom. Kajula this time, two-on-one centers. Lucic denied. What a save made by Braden Holtby. That's the save of the game, Bob. Holtby was very good for the Capitals tonight. Phil, we're going to have some fun with this one. Uh, Braden Holtby is from Marshall, Saskatchewan, which is just outside Lloydminster. He was uh, a high school kid and then a member of the Saskatoon Blades when, uh, when I was working in Lloydminster from 2000 to 2007. So I remember him playing uh, baseball for the men's team there, the Lloydminster Meridian Twins. Was he a catcher or a right fielder? And he's oh, wow. a goalie. He's a goalie. <laughs> so, you know, you got to wear a mask and do stuff like that. Was he a catcher or a right fielder? I'm going to say catcher. Absolutely, Phil. Stay on the line <laughs> so Kellen can get your information, okay? Now let's go down to the Capitals dressing room and hear from Holtby for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Chase was going to debt get redirected a little bit? Uh, I thought it did. Um, you know, initially, obviously, it's tough to see on, on replays. Um, you know, the release point said I block her, and um, that, I saw it knuckling by me and dipped down uh, club side. So, uh, whether you just kind of fanned on it or it went off the stick, that's you know, just a strange shot. But, um, you know, one of those you don't have much control over. The, the first one, Bouchard's goal, that, did you even see that one? Uh, I was, I was looking at the far right um, just to see a stick blade. And I kind of saw the release going that side, but I didn't really have a clue where. Um, there's quite a few guys. And, um, you know, I, again, I have to have to see if there's a better view that I could have got to um, so I could have seen exactly where it was going to go. I don't, I don't even know where it went in uh, you know, in terms of how high on the net or anything. So uh, one of those you got to look at and see if there's anything um, hitting there. It seemed like they did a pretty good job of uh, bottling you guys up at the other end, uh, uh, preventing stuff from getting east to west most of the night. Yeah, um, you know, most of our offense comes from our our wall play and stuff in our D zone, and, and they uh, they played aggressive and and um, you know caught us on that a, a few times, and um, so it's uh, you know they played well tonight, but I think we we know we can. We can play better, and that's, that's what we're going to do: is look at this game and, and see what uh, um, what we can improve on, what we did well, and move on to Calgary. 
All right, that's Braden Holtby, Capitals goaltender. I mentioned on the face-off show, Rob, and it continues in every Capitals game this season. The winning team has scored at least four goals. So it's good to be the team with four. Oilers take it 4-1 tonight. Marty is up next on open line. You'll also hear from Evan Bouchard, who gets his first NHL goal. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. And here comes a streaking Connor McDavid. Breakaway, wrist shot, save made by Braden Holtby. And a key early stop for the Caps netminder. McDavid got the empty netter tonight. He had an open look once in each of the three periods. Holtby turned him away, so McDavid's still dangerous. Uh, Holtby won those individual battles. The Oilers win the team battle with a 4-1 decision tonight. Bouchard with his first NHL goal. Nugent Hopkins had a goal and an assist, scored on the power play. Chason scores again, three goals in three shots as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, it's 10:45. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063. We'll bring Marty onto the show. Hi, Marty. Hey, Reed. I have one quick question for you. Can you tell me what uh, two games the Capitals lost in overtime to? Yes, I can. i got to double-check, though, because I can't remember off the top of my head, but I have their notes. They lost uh, the second game of the season in overtime to the Penguins, 7-6. Rob Brown got the winner for the Penguins. (laughs) And... uh, Last, uh, when was it, on the 19th, they lost 6-5 in overtime to the Panthers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, no problem. 780-496-0063. Evan Bouchard, power play goal tonight. His first goal in the NHL. Here he is in the Oilers dressing room. They didn't have more of a celebration than, than Yamo. Yamo didn't know what to do either. <laughs> yeah, Yamo, I think he is. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what, what he was doing. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's good to, good to get the first one out of the way. But you act like you might get 200 more, so you didn't we're going to celebrate. But hopefully, hopefully that happens, yeah. Do you know you're the youngest yeah. I had no clue about that. No. When were you hoping to score your first goal by? Honestly, I didn't really have a, have a goal in mind, but um, you know, getting it out seven games is pretty good. Brendan Escott working the Oilers dressing room tonight. Evan Bouchard, a man of subdued celebrations and few words. <laughs> you know what? If he goes and continues to score goals, I don't think the fans are going to care about the celebration or the words after. Uh, good for the young kid. Um, he's getting a chance on the power play. That's where he's going to find success in the National Hockey League as his career moves on. And the one thing people talked about was his ability to get pucks through. And we saw that on the goal tonight. Very confident with the puck. I mean, obviously you see little moments of inexperience. Like I know there was a pinch tonight where looked like he was going to get there, kind of stopped halfway, and then you're in no man's land and allowed the Capitals to get a, a bit of an odd man rush. The couple forwards did get back. I think if you're, and you, and you, you know, coach young players, Rob, where they're going to be in this situation, if a defenseman pinches and then all of a sudden he thinks, oh, I don't think I can win this race, is, is he still better off though just to keep going because at least maybe you can block a pass or pressure it uh, it's best not to put yourself in that position no, fair enough but, um, i mean if you if you've there, there's a rule a rule of thumb you, you take the player or the puck you got to get one or the other uh once you're in no man's land there's i mean there's nothing you can do you right. it, then you're hoping 
you're hoping that you can stick something out. And that's where usually you see someone take a penalty because they, they've committed, they've realized after they've committed that they're in trouble and they stick some body part out, leg, stick, arm or something and take a penalty. Once you've committed and it's wrong, there's, you're, you're done. Simply, you're done. And you hope that the guy makes a mistake. 4-1, the Oilers win over the Capitals tonight. I, I, and Rob, you've, you've always talked about if you're in trouble in your own end or, or you're not sure what's happening, you know, you got to defend the house. The puck mm-hmm. has to get to the net, so drop back. And I thought the Oilers did a much better job of that tonight. And I, I, I kind of hate to do this, talking about comparing the last two years. But when we saw them make the playoffs a couple years ago, if they were in trouble, you saw five guys collapse. You can't control the puck. Whack it. Whack it to the boards. Whack it towards the other team's blue line. Whack it into the corner. And they did a better job tonight. Chase on. Uh, intercepted a pass down low. Yamamoto on the ice late in the game when the Capitals um, pulled their goalie. In, inside the own, his own hash marks in his own end, he stole a pass and was able to dump it out. That commitment and that detail was lacking a lot last year, I thought. Well, I, I think the, the word that you would use the most there is desperation. They play with desperation. And we saw that tonight. Uh, there was a great example there's a bit of an odd man break the capitals had and chris russell the first save and then also chris russell throws his body in the line and, and blocks the second shot uh they had desperation in front of the net whether it was taking bodies taking sticks moving pucks out of the way getting into shooting lanes teams are going to get scoring chances team there's going to be breakdowns when there's a breakdown you come back to the house and you defend it with whatever you have and we saw that tonight. And again, those are the things that the coaching staff is looking for. They're not, they're not looking at the stat page just saying, okay, okay, he's got nine points this year. we got to keep playing him. Look, this is a guy that got pucks out when he needed to. This is a guy that was in the right defensive position. He was on the right side of the, the, the player in his own defensive zone, got pucks in deep. That gets you more ice time because that gets you the trust of the coach. And we've seen this. Yamamoto, we've talked about it. His stats don't say he's a first-line player yet. But he's out there in the last two minutes of a close hockey game against the Stanley Cup champions. This kid played junior hockey last year. Why? Because he does the little things and he does them right. Uh, Ryan in Calgary says, can the Oilers package up a couple players for Kadri? He's a goal scorer and a grinder. I don't think the Leafs are sending much away from that team. No, and Kadri's a centerman, and he'd come to here and he'd be a third-line centerman. So, I mean, uh, the, the Oilers are set at the, at the center position right now. They've got their top two, and then they got Strom, who they believe is their third-line guy. Uh, I, I don't see the Oilers making a big splash anytime soon. All right, Oilers win 4-1 over the Capitals. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 10. Final at Rogers Place tonight. Edmonton Oilers 4, Washington Capitals 1. The Oilers are now 4-3-1 on the season. Looking at the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard, the Penguins ring up the Flames 9-1. Chicago beats the Rangers 4-1. Dallas gets a 5-2 win over the Ducks. The Coyotes win 4-1 against Vancouver. Bruins shut out the Flyers 3-zip. Predators knock off the Devils 4-3 in overtime. Sabres edge the Canadians 4-3. Columbus gets a 7-4 win in St. Louis. And it is Minnesota winning at home 4-1 over the Los Angeles Kings. The Edmonton Eskimos are on a bye this week. But it could end tomorrow. Going to be a tense one. Blue Bombers and Stampeders. Hate to tell you this, Edmonton. you got to cheer for Calgary. Blue Bombers lose, then next Saturday at Commonwealth, Edmonton, and Winnipeg for the final playoff spot in the league. 
No, you only have to do it for one day. And then, then you can dislike them the next day. You're such a positive man, Rob Brown. Even when you're hating somebody, you turn it into a positive. <laughs> 780-496-0063. We have Trevor on the line. Trevor, thank you for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, first, I just want to give a plug to Studio 99. I took my kids to the game on Tuesday and my mom tonight. Both of them absolutely loved it. So six years old to 60, both both absolutely love that place. It's gorgeous. Cool. Uh, but touch, touching on Rob's thing there about Yamamoto, him and Bouchard, a lot of people were complaining about those two guys making the team this year. But, wow, what patience both those kids have. Bouchard especially. For 19 years old, that kid's patience on the blue line and his positioning is unbelievable against the Penguins and against the Capitals. That kid is just dynamite out there. He is going to be a special player one day, I tell you. Yeah, he's a smart hockey player, and his career started off very well here for Edmonton. We'll see in a couple days or a couple games whether or not it's for the season or if it's for next season. Trevor, thanks a lot for calling. Thanks to uh, everybody who called tonight and texted in as well. So the Oilers, 2-1-1 one, one on their homestand, 4-3-1 on the season. The final tonight, 4-1 over the Washington Capitals. Get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Our next broadcast is Saturday. We'll start with the face-off show at 11.30 in the morning. The game at Nashville will face off at 1. Rob, I will see you then. Looking forward to it. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 630Ched. Our engineer here at Rogers Place is Troy Bowler. We've been live from Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. I'll join you for Inside Sports tomorrow from 6 to 8. Oilers now from noon to 2. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Oilers win it 4-1.